Hello everyone. Welcome back to Ew, That's Creepy. This week, we will be discussing abandoned asylums. Melissa will start by telling Jackie about the haunted history of Kenmore Asylum in New South Wales, Australia. This episode will mention assault, murder, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Hello again, creepy cats. We are back and we have a new week, a new theme. We're feeling great. We're getting spooky up in here today. It is getting creepy. I feel like we haven't done any sort of spook since our solving psychics, which I loved, but that was half crime and I am so ready for some ghost stories. Yeah, that's true. That wasn't like full on paranormal, like ghosty type stuff. Yeah, it was half crime, half paranormal, but let's jump into some ghosts. So, our theme (laughs) this week is, tell them, Jackie. Spooky abandoned asylums. Abandoned asylums. I'm so excited. It's just creepy by their nature, but I just feel like half the time they're haunted too, so it makes it even worse. Always are. My story that I'm going to tell Jackie is indeed haunted. The reason I found it is because it was listed as one of the most haunted places in Australia. Shout out to all of our Australian listeners. We see you, and that's why we wanted to do the story for you guys. And come follow us on Instagram, because we'll do more Australian-themed stuff and stories from Australia. Yes. So, we specifically picked this one for you, Australia. And we are talking about the Kenmore Asylum, also known as Kenmore Hospital, also known as Kenmore Psychiatric Hospital, also known as Kenmore Insane Asylum. The hospital opened in, I'm going to say hospital, actually. That seems more like it it was actually a hospital. Like normal. Yeah. I hate the word asylum. The hospital was opened in 1895 in Galburn a town in South Wales, Australia. The hospital was constructed with the intention of taking chronically ill patients from other hospitals around the New South Wales colony or just taking patients that have kind of been there for a while. Um, So are they, is this just sick people or like mentally ill? Mentally, mentally ill, but as a lot of you guys know, if you, you know, a lot of people who have done any sort of research on asylums and older hospitals know that they were for the people who were having some mental troubles. At that time in 1890, mental troubles could be something as small as um, postpartum depression, promiscuity was something that got them put in an asylum. <laughs> You could be like, I like boys, and they're going to be like, lock her up. Exactly. (laughs) I would have been locked up early on. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so it was for for mental health, but back then they were really saying that anything could be a mental health problem. And the really sad thing that you see with not just Kenmore, but asylums everywhere, is that 
people and families started to just basically give away family members to asylums that they didn't want to care for anymore. I low-key probably will not want to do more asylum stories on this podcast because that stuff makes me so sad Mm -hmm. reading it. I specifically picked a story that wasn't brutal like that. Mine's not (laughs) brutal either, but um, let me keep going. So it opened in 19, or I'm sorry, 1895. 152 patients were transferred from other hospitals to stay at Kentmore. The first group of patients were composed of 146 males and six females. Hmm. Construction continued for the first few years. By 1987, the asylum had multiple buildings and... By this time, 150 males resided and 42 females resided. So it keeps getting bigger, and as the actual building is growing, buildings, because there's many, um, there were more residents coming in. By 1901, the Kenmore Asylum was completely finished. Hospital, excuse me. <laughs> At the time, the hospital was one of the first of its kind, Um Like I kind of touched on before, hospitals weren't really treating mental health or giving mental health diagnoses. So at the time, this was considered sort of a rare gem of Australia, of New South Wales. And Kenmore did start out by focusing just on a small patient intake, which seemed that they would focus more on the actual patient's. But, um, like I said, patients could be admitted for really almost anything as long as someone said they did it. As soon as the hospital opened for good, problems with patients did start to occur. There were rooms that were designed specifically to house violent patients, which were quickly nicknamed the wet rooms due to the rooms and the residents being hosed down multiple times a day. Ew. Yeah, so I think that was their punishment for acting out and doing things like that, or to just be hosed down with water. So to just be moldy? Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not funny, but the way... To be a human raisin? Yeah, great. The way you said that, I'm just picturing them just growing into a ball of mold. Can you imagine how much mold would reside in that room, though, if you're... No. ...keeping it moist? In the hot temperatures of Australia. (laughs) Ugh. In 1902, the first patient death occurred, and so the Kenmore was completely finished in 1901, 1902, someone passed away. Hmm. The patient was Henry George Bailey, who was admitted to the hospital due to violent and homicidal tendencies. Since he was known to be violent, Henry was being checked on every half hour to make sure that he was okay. Which I I was like, wow, that is pretty impressive for that time for them to be checking on him that frequently. At 5 o'clock, an attendant checked in on Henry, who appeared to be asleep. 25 minutes later, when the attendant returned, Henry had hung himself from the window by a piece of thick canvas rug, which he had torn off. No. The coroner confirmed that the cause of death was indeed a suicide. And that is the first known death, um... In 1903, another patient was found dead, and the coroner determined that the cause of death was strangulation due to an epileptic fit, which is just horrible. Horrible way to die. Oh, oh gosh. 
1908, a patient who was frequently violent ended up killing another patient by hitting them over the head with a holy stone. I don't know what exactly that is. I don't either, but it sounds bad. It does. It does not sound holy. The patient often would hit others and reach out and or lash out at others. And this patient said the reason he hit the other patient, quote, was for fun, end quote. Mm. Wow. Yep. Horrible. In 1909, the asylum had additional units completed, which added an additional admissions and an administration unit to now divide patients into male and female housing. But in 1912, the asylum had a fire breakout in their laundry room, which destroyed all of the clothing in that room and everything that was in the dryers. The damages were immense, and the cause of the fire was never determined. I wonder if it was paranormal. I wonder if someone (laughs) just said it set the laundry room ablaze. I mean, yeah, that's definitely a possibility, and it kind of isn't like anyone would just own up to that. Who is to say? Additionally to the fire, more and more reports of patients' deaths were becoming public as time is going on. In 1917, a patient named James Claxton committed suicide by hanging themselves in a tree outside. Doctors and patients were actually a little puzzled at this death because James was known to be a sociable, well-behaved patient. He did not display homicidal tendencies before or after coming into the asylum, into the hospital. So... They thought that one was kind of odd because he really did not seem like the type of patient to randomly just kill himself without any incident before that. Mm. Sad. Yeah, that is sad. And that's also seems like some strange stuff occurs here. Just bad energy. In 1919, 19 male patients and two female patients died due to the mnemonic influenza pandemic spreading in Australia at that time. Hmm. I Now, I don't know if the hospital had any faults. I would imagine that they would not during a pandemic, but um, that did cause the death of 21 patients that year. It's a good amount. A lot. In 1920, a patient named Alston Paul Broom was sentenced to death for murdering his wife at Kenmore Asylum. These were just the known deaths that were made public. Wait, um, he murdered her at the asylum? Yes. Ooh. And that one is odd because it did say that he murdered his wife at Kenmore Asylum, but I will be straight up with you guys. I got that fact from Wikipedia, and Wikipedia is actually, Wiki is the only place I saw that murder. All of the other deaths I found on other websites, that one did come from Wikipedia, so I'll link Wikipedia in the bottom of this. Um... I know everyone in school said don't use wiki. We all use wiki. We all use wiki, okay? (laughs) Thank you, Jackie. We stand wiki. Um, So those were some of the deaths. Uh, We're now in 1922. Um, 1922, there was actually a super infamous case at Kenmore. So, around this time, rumors are circulating more because the hospital has been in operation for 20 years at this point. Rumors are circulating that electroshock therapy is being used on patients, on homosexual patients. Many, every single article you'll find about Kenmore lists the fact that residents 
were caught residents who were caught frequently masturbating also could be subject to electroshock therapy i know in 1922, this is the really infamous case, a 22-year-old soldier who was committed to the institution after developing PTSD following service in World War I, his name was Richard Sindwell, and he stayed at Kenmore. As he was staying there, he became increasingly convinced that the staff was out to get him. He was becoming very paranoid that the hospital was um, trying to, I guess, just see his demise. Now, these are reports, these are obviously reports from the hospital and things like that. Because there are claims about the hospital having some abuse, I do wonder if there was any weight to Richard Sinwell's claims. I do not know. Sinwell was released from Kenmore, but he did return one day with a loaded gun <gasps> because he claimed that Again, the doctors and the nurses were conspiring against him. Specifically, Dr. Charles Moffat was trying to take Richard down. Charles? Charles? Just always think of American Horror Story Season 1. She said Charles so many times. That was like she had five lines in that show, and they made her say Charles every single time she made an appearance. Charles and Baby. Literally, Charles and Where's My Baby. That was her only lines on that season. Right. During, so Richard Sinwell came back to Kenmore with a loaded gun one day, and he was looking for Dr. Moffat and looking for, um, basically just Dr. Moffat. He shot at him, and actually the doctor was able to run away, and Richard chased him through the hospital. He ran into a group of nurses, and he actually shot at them and shot a nurse in the chest. Nurse Elizabeth Eva Naughton. She sadly was killed at the scene due to the um, gunshot. And another nurse dodged a bullet that was actually took her bonnet off. Oh my god. Yes. So even though Richard was just trying to basically kill Dr. Moffat, he was just running around shooting. But he didn't kill the doctor? He did not. The hospital manager was able to remove the hospital's gun from a safe and shot Sinwell in the hand before he eventually surrendered. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Crazy. A wing of the hospital was named after Nurse Naughton, and a memorial statue was placed at a St. John's orphanage down the road. Mm. And it said that that spot is haunted, the wing of the hospital where the nurse passed away. And let me briefly pause, because... Like I said, a memorial statue was placed at St. John's Orphanage down the road. St. John's Orphanage is also located... I've heard of that. Isn't it really haunted? There's a couple. (laughs) Sorry, I was like, uh, is it the place I'm thinking of? I thought I heard of it. There are a couple St. John's Orphanages. Oh, okay. This one is also located in Australia. Again, it's down the road from Kenmore Asylum. And it's also down the road from St. Joseph's Orphanage for girls. So St. John's was an orphanage for boys. St. Joseph was was an orphanage for girls. And they kind of make up a little triangle. Hmm. So I read an article that someone said that's the Australian triangle, similar to the Bermuda Triangle, because people claim that all three buildings are haunted. 
I can imagine. It's probably like a festering place for paranormal spirits. Yes. I did read also that St. John's Orphanage, I read in some articles that there were um, claims of abuse, claims of rape, claims of leaving them hungry and cold. No. But I also read more often that the nuns were tough but fair on the boys and that it was hard work, but they, you know, it was character building. They made friends and the orphanages were taking in children who could not be cared for by their family. Hmm. So it's hard to say. It seems that St. John's and St. Joseph's, those orphanages have um, some controversies. People say they are haunted. People say they are not. I'll just keep going with Kenmore for now. Um, but like I said, the a memorial for the nurse that passed away was placed at the boys' orphanage down the road. In October 1929, a 32-year-old patient named Monica Scott slit her own throat with a shard of broken glass. No. I believe she actually used her head to bust through the, a window and then picked up the shards and slit her throat. Oh, God. The event is said to have traumatized the hospital staff who found her. Um, I, so I think that death was pretty impactful on a lot of people. In 1941, the asylum was used by the Australian Army as a military hospital, but then uh, was converted, converted back to Kenmore in 1946 following the war. But by the 1960s, the asylum was back on its feet, and this is when people say it's at its peak. So in 1960, Kenmore is booming. They're housing 4,600 residents? Wait, is that right? Or is it 1,600? Sorry. They were housing over a thousand residents at this time. And similar to other asylums, as time went on and more research was being done on mental health and mental institutions, the activity in Kenmore started to decline and less and less people were um, being sent to Kenmore. So by the early 2000s, Kenmore was shut down officially, and 77 buildings were left abandoned. Wow, that's a lot of buildings. Yes. It's gorgeous. Look up pictures. Kenmore is one of those places I would just adore to go there because it has a lot of different buildings, and a lo some of the buildings that were used for, like, maintenance and clerical work were, um, they look almost like houses. It's really hmm. gorgeous. Wow. So, the main purpose of Kenmore today, as you guys can guess, is for ghost hunting and tours. Sadly, the building has been vandalized. Windows are smashed out, graffiti over the walls. But it is said that there are still fingernail scratches that you can see on the back of doors. Oh, I hate that. Particularly in the rooms where the violent patients were kept, the wet rooms... They are said to have fingernail scratches still on the doors. Like I said before, um, people say that Kenmore is part of a little triangle with St. John's and St. Joseph's. All three are haunted. However, I, I could not find information on St. Joe's and St. St. John's and St. Joseph's being haunted. Some people say that they are and they've had experiences and there are videos exploring in that. But there are also residents who say that it's not haunted and that they lived there and they don't believe that St. John's is haunted. Yeah. 
Um, if you guys want to do more research on that, I will let you. I did not want to go into both of those because like I said, those ones were more back and forth on whether they're haunted. Kenmore Hospital has more weight to it and has a little bit more evidence. Local photographers go to Kenmore for pictures pretty often because it's decaying. There are papers everywhere. There will be a surgery room with a table still on it and needles. Love that. It's crazy. Many photographers who go there say it is extremely creepy. They feel like someone is standing behind them. I specifically read an article from um, a photographer who specifically takes photos of abandoned places. And he said this was one of the creepiest he's ever been to. I don't like that. Yep. Paranormal investigators frequently go to Kenmore to take photos and to take videos and do their paranormal thing. I found an awesome, awesome, awesome YouTube channel, Bobby C, which shows he, so Bobby C, um, is, he has a little team of paranormal investigators who frequently went to Kenmore and would go to St. John's and St. Joseph's. And he made a little show about it basically on YouTube, kind of just, um, compiling all of the videos together of all the activity he found. So when I was creeping through Bobby C's channel, I found awesome videos. Bobby had so many videos. Um, I think their name is actually Robert. They had so many videos of investigations at Kenmore. The number one video that will come up is a really popular video of Bobby's investigation at Kenmore. And he is standing in a hallway looking down, just filming. And you can see a full body apparition walk out of one room, look down the hallway, basically to where they're filming, and then walk back into the room they just came out of. That is your worst nightmare. Like, they're full on a human walking from one room and looking at you. You can see where their head is. And to me, it looks like they look down and see the investigator and then walk back in the room. Ew. It was like they heard them and were like, bye. Yeah. Homer Simpson meme back into the room. (laughs) Yeah, that, that video really scared me. So the rest of the information I'm going to give is from just watching Bobby's videos on their YouTube channel and finding just so much paranormal information that they found in these investigations after they found the after they saw the full body apparition later on and on in that investigation they heard banging and rummaging around in that same room also on their youtube i will put a link in the notes bobby has multiple videos showing um investigations And they have a ton of camera videos and EVPs, which are always so fun. I love EVPs. And one thing that I really like is Bobby and their investigation team would take videos with their camera and things like that. And you do often see orbs. You can see orbs when they would leave a room right behind them. Like, it seems like the person is just walking behind them from room to room. Ew. And one thing that I really like is that a lot of the times when they would record, 
they would record in one room with their camera and then just leave the camera there and go into another room and just see if they could capture capture any sounds or anything like that. And it's like in almost every single video, every time they leave, there's rummaging around the room, banging, sometimes even whispering, so much noise and so many sounds. I hate rummaging. Now, I found so many EVPs on this YouTube also. Mm. There, um, Bobby has a great video where they just compiled all of the best moments from their investigations and put it together. The EVPs are nuts. Nuts. Some of the most clear EVPs I've ever heard in my life. Wow, I'll have to go listen. Yeah. At one point, the investigation team was doing an EVP and asked if there was anyone in the room. And you could hear back, Tim. And that was whispered. The investigator said that they felt it whispered into their ear as well as picked up on the EVP. In another recording, the investigator says, come here, talk to me. And immediately after, you can hear chatter that cannot be made out. In the same video, another investigator alongside Bobby says, go to one of the lights. You can speak at that device and we will hear you. You can very, very clearly hear a woman's voice, high pitched, say back, what light? No. Just like that. It sounds just like that. A pause. What light? That makes me sad. In the same EVP session, there was also uh, a recording saying, I hate you so much. Ew. Very clearly in a man's voice. That is really, really creepy. Yes. And it that one is without a doubt, that is what they 100% said. I hate you so much. I want... I wonder if there were, I wonder who they were talking to in that. I don't know. Probably the investigators, I would assume. They caught children giggling. Another EVP captured an investigator named Bob saying, it's nice and warm in here. And immediately captured a male voice responding, yes, all ghosts are walking towards you. (laughs) So clear. This is another one that I have never Like, this one just blew my mind that a full sentence was caught so clear. And the crazy thing is is that for saying, yes, all ghosts are walking towards you, the voice really didn't sound scary or demonic. It honestly just sounded like a person answering back a question or just informative. Hmm. At night during their investigations, it got really loud. Extremely loud bangs would be heard. Voices talking constantly, almost, back and forth. A lot of the times you would hear voices almost whispering or chatter back and forth, but you couldn't hear what they were actually saying, which freaks me out. Yeah. Um, More orbs at night. In one video at night, they are actually, it's kind of, they're looking, the camera is set up to look through two different doorways And on the doorway to the left, you can see legs moving across. You can see full legs walking. The torso is a little blurry, but to me, this was another full body apparition. Because I could full on see someone walk through the room. That's even worse if it's just legs. (laughs) I know. An investigator in one video said that someone had touched his head. The other investigator with him asks, is someone getting physical? 
and an unexplained noise is heard back. To me, the unexplained noise sounded like a child or just a super high-pitched voice saying, no. Or just sounded like a child kind of noise, like a meh, that kind of thing. A meep. A sad meep. The investigators on Bobby C's channel would often request the ghost energy entities, what have you, to make the loudest sound you can. And they would hear responses right after. And let me just say, I love Bobby C's YouTube. I love every single person that investigated. They are so sweet and so gentle because they will say, can you please make the loudest sound you can? And if it's when the energy responds, they would say, great. That was so great. Thank you for doing that. They're so, so sweet. nice. I love that. It really made me think like every time, not every time. In America, we're so used to ghost adventures and things like that. And they're so rude. They're so pushy. I feel like their energy is so almost combative. And it seemed like the energy in this investigation from Bobby C. and all of the investigators, they seemed really just like they were there to um, be curious, to get answers. They did not seem... I just really loved their energy on this. So investigators would also play the knocking game. They would say, we will knock twice for yes, once for no, and then go ahead and ask questions. In one video, they asked the ghost to play the knocking game. And when they asked if they wanted to play, they heard back five or so knocks. Wow. In a row. The one one investigator said something like, no, that was too many. We just need two. Like this. And then did knock, knock. Right after they demonstrated their little knock-knock, you can hear two loud knock-knocks back. Which to me, again, like, I don't know why. There's something not cute, but just something, like, positive about these interactions that they kind of were like, no, no, like this. And then the ghost was like, boop, boop. Something innocent. Yeah. To me, it seems like this asylum really is just energy of people who passed and not demonic, not anything like that. Yeah. Then they would say things like, let's see who the loudest in the room is. Let's see who can be the loudest. And Aww. it would just, you know, the ghosts would do their thing. Whistling was heard. Intentional whistling, not just the wind or whistles through um, rooms and things like that. On one occasion, a door that was previously closed was found open later on. Um, and... That's kind of all the information I have on the hauntings because so many people say it's haunted. So many people say, oh, it's creepy and it's spooky and there are YouTube videos exploring. But that YouTube page for Bobby C, he continuously would go back to Kenmore, St. John's and St. Joseph's Orphanage and um, take footage of all three. And like I said, it was easy to get some information because he compiled the best footage from all of those investigations so go watch and that will give you a nice taste shout out to bobby c love you bobby c currently there is still a fight to keep kenmore alive saint john's orphanage unfortunately was largely destroyed in a 2015 fire after that the community and the locals really were more pushing for the renovation of kenmore and saint joseph's orphanage 
Kenmore is regularly vandalized. The windows are gone. Graffiti's all over the damn place. And locals really just want the government and the property owners to step up and make repairs. Because this isn't just an old, scary asylum for the town of Goulburn. This is a piece of their history, their nostalgia. Kenmore was used for recreational sports because of how large the property was. And even though it had some controversies and things like that, at the time, it was groundbreaking for psychiatric and mental health care. They were one of the first um, places to kind of have sports and events like that and not just be basically a prison. Um, so Kenmore was a huge part in the community for their sporting events and activities in the 60s and things like that. The architecture at the time on the buildings was groundbreaking and unique. So Kenmore Hospital is a huge piece of history for New South Wales and Australia. The owners of Kenmore are currently seeking help from the community regarding what to do, kind of where to go moving forward, because repairs would be millions and millions and millions of dollars. I could not find anywhere to donate, but Australian listeners, if there's a way that we can help, please let us know, because it breaks my little heart to see something so beautiful, something so awesome, be just withering away. Yeah. And so that is all I have on Kenmore Asylum, a.k.a. Kenmore Hospital, a.k.a. Kenmore Psychiatric Hospital. If any of our listeners have been and gone on a tour because they do frequently have tours, please let us know and send us all of your pictures. Yeah, we definitely want to see more of this place. I'm going to have to look up in general and see what it looks like. Oh, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's definitely falling apart, but the grounds themselves are amazing. They I'll should make it a resort. Do pics. That was a good one. Thank you. Spoopy. I'm sorry I couldn't give more ghost stuff. Like I said, it's hard to find, but definitely check out Bobby C's YouTube. And if you guys have been there or have any additional information, let us know. Yeah, let us know. We love to see pics and videos of you. Yep. Thank you for creeping with us again. That was spooky. I love it. (laughs) And we love you guys. And we love Australia. Yes, we do. Come follow us on Instagram and hang out with us. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We will see you guys on the next episode. Whoop, whoop. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at, ew, that's creepy podcast. Or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats. <laughs>